0: Welcome back to the Double Click Podcast. This week, we're doing part two of Delegation. How do you actually do it? No scream? Nothing? Nothing. Okay. Well, welcome
1: back. Hope everyone is doing well. I'm a little disappointed you didn't do the the scream. Hey, I didn't scream because we're talking about the practicals, and we're going to take the scariness out of it. Right? Oh, that's, okay. That's All right. Do. Didn't know it was that yeah. deep, man. Yeah. That that moved so me no, emotionally. So no screaming.
0: That moved me emotionally a little bit. Um, we did want to clarify because um, somebody did ask us the question: Are we not talking about like our Bible reading plan or mm-hmm. anything anymore? Mm-hmm. And originally, we had said like that's how we were going to build the topics. Yeah. Like it was what we were reading through. And so this one actually did come from that. Um, we just didn't do the recorded part of us. Confessing that. So, this one actually comes from Genesis 18 um, because I was reading through and it got to that part where uh, Moses is sitting to judge the people all by himself and his father in law Jethro comes up to Mm -hmm. him. And uh, I love the fact that it's Jethro. Jethro. (laughs) It's it's (laughs) awesome. But uh, comes up to him and he says, Why are you doing this all by yourself? Um, And so he basically kind of challenges a, at this point, probably pretty exhausted Moses to hand off, to delegate mm-hmm. out. Um, and that's something that actually, when he when he delegates out to, these, the, the, to the 12 tribes and their leaders and their elders, uh, it's something that shows up throughout the rest of Scripture. Like that kind of leaders that look to leaders that look to leaders structure. So this is something that we are still doing with our Bible reading plan that's kind of driving the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still there. And if you were with us last week, um, we really dove into the first part of the delegation, which is like almost the vision aspect mm-hmm. of you understanding it's never you alone. If it's yeah. you alone, that's a problem. But what we wanted to dig into today was what is the practical? Like, how do you do it? So you identify an area or you identify with, we, we, used, we used family examples last week. You identify that you need to train your child how to do X, Y, or Z and mm-hmm. take on a household responsibility or a life responsibility. How do you actually get to the point? What's the metric? Mm-hmm. And I want to speak to this. From me personally, because here's where I stink at delegation, okay? Uh, Stepping aside from the Matt wants to be in control of everything and everything done his way, and it's just easier if I do it myself, and all those things we talked about last week that are just lame, prideful, or uh, pressure excuses, and you Mm -hmm. listen to last week's if you want to know more what that language is about. Here's what normally happens, is I'll recognize that I need to hand something off to somebody. And so then either based on the conversation we're having or me kind of like and this isn't isn't the best wording, recruiting them to it. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I need somebody to do X, Y, Z. Uh, a lot of times what happens is I'll sit down and I'll have a conversation with them. And in my mind, I will go, hey, here's here's what we need somebody to do. Would you be willing to do that? And they're like, yes, I would. And they'll start to ask questions about like how often and all this stuff and what are the expectations. And and here's where the conversation breaks down. It normally ends up in this nebulous uh Yes, you'll take responsibility for it. Okay. And then the conversation ends and nothing happens. Yeah, and amazing. when I mean nothing happens, and me and Justin have actually been in this. We had, had it was a work-related conversation um, where I left the room and felt like I went, okay, here's the three things. And it was a group of people and, and Justin was part of it. And I was like, here's the three things we got to do. One, two, three. Okay, just a reminder, one, two, three. Those need to be done by four o'clock today. Da, da, da. And I left the room and then nothing happened. <laughs> And so the next day, Justin comes in and goes, hey, uh, were you going to follow up with us on that? And so me and him had a moment where it's like, oh, okay, we need to no, recognize. Were you
1: not listening? You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I immediately grabbed my Bible and said, are you not a good servant? And smacked him. No. Um, but in that moment, it was that recognition of like, what I think was heard was not heard. Right. And so all of a sudden, we were back at that point. So what is, and this is the point where we go, it is way easier to do it ourselves.
1: Yeah. Because at that point, you could go, you know what? Forget it. I'll just take care of all the steps in the process. I'll let you know when it's done. But as we talked about last week, that doesn't that doesn't help anybody. And I think a lot of times we, you you were talking about this situation where you go to delegate. A lot of times, I think we volun-tell people. We, you were told yep. right? Like it's yep. just a, here's the task. You need to do it. And we, we kind of touched on this last time, but... There has to be the why behind it. There has to be clear communication behind it. And I think that's the first step into practically learning how to delegate is to give the person the why. And as we identified last week, that takes time. That takes energy. That takes effort. You probably have been thinking about it, doing it for a while, stewing on it. And so you understand the why. You understand the importance of the task and even the importance of why it needs to be handed off. But the person that you're handing it off to, May not know that, or may not know that at that level. So for me, step one is always when I go to hand off to go, and here's why. Here's here's the mission and the vision behind it, and here's why I need to hand it off. And then hopefully that person will jump on and and run with it.
0: Yeah, and I think that building of um, the understanding of why is crazy important. The way I wrote that down, okay, because I think we're just going to break this down into like two steps. Mm. All right, is one, you need clear communication and ownership. Mm. And that's what that why builds. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, here's how we're moving and here's why you are absolutely vital in this role. Mm. And I think what the the thing is, is something I heard, I've heard said throughout the church world, and Justin, this is funny with you as a worship leader, because <laughs> I've always heard it, by the time you're tired saying it, your closest leaders have heard it for the first time. Mm. By the time they're exhausted saying it, yeah. the average yeah. person has heard it for the first yeah. time. And I think that's something when we talk about Delegating, handing off discipleship, training someone to do mm-hmm. something—we forget that it's not one conversation. That's right. It is repetitive, yep. consistent right. conversation.
1: Yeah. Again, again, you're you're it's oh it's a drumbeat in your head, right? It's over and over again in your head. But it's new to someone else. You're 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 not just delegating a task. Oftentimes, you're delegating a way of thinking about something, you're delegating a process, steps in that process. And I really like the word uh, ownership that you said, uh, because this, and this would be a kind of a a sidebar, we can go as far as we want with this. But when you delegate a task, how how much of the ownership are you really delegating to that person? Is it 100%, hey, I'm giving you this task, you own it 100% or as the person who may be in charge, Matt, you're a, you're a leader in our, in our church and our organization. So you have people that, that report to you. So if you delegate a task to them, do you still have ultimate ownership and responsibility of, Hey, I, I gave this task to so-and-so it didn't follow through, Yep. but you know what? I still have some ownership in, in, we didn't meet the, meet the goal here. So at what point, at what point, Point is that breakdown down a percentage? Do you ever fully give a hundred percent ownership, or do you have to keep some of it?
0: Well, here's 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 I'm gonna throw a different word in here on the ownership side of things. Okay, in order for somebody to have ownership, they have to be able to make the decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, because here's my miss, big miss. Uh, I can miss and be a control person, micromanager. Therefore, a lot of times when I'm thinking, I'm Giving somebody ownership, what I'm really doing, and this is just lack of better phrasing, is I'm asking them to do the manual labor mm-hmm. and make none of the decisions. Yeah, and you know what that is called? A job you need to pay somebody to do.
1: Right. Yeah. You don't delegate any of the responsibility or uh, ownership to them. Yep. It's just push the button. Yeah. So I and so
0: so that's that started to be on my self evaluation of how am I doing delegating and communicating. Mm-hmm. Is if somebody is routinely coming to me asking microscopic questions, mm-hmm. like questions that you know what that doesn't need to be something I'm doing right now. They can make that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's, like, so let's go to the extreme of like we use the the teaching a kid to do dishes mm-hmm. example. So it's the equivalent of, hey mom, do I need to put the forks in this slot or in this slot? Right. Well, just pick one and put it in there. Right. Actually,
1: one slot is better than... No, I'm just
0: kidding. I'll no, stop. <laughs> yeah, see? But I mean, see, here's the deal. Because at that level of theoretical micromanagement, there is a truth to it. it's easier
1: for you to just do it yourself yeah, with your hands well, instead of theirs. Well, and to that example, I'll, I'll give you a real-life example. So growing up, my mom always had a very specific process of laundry. And so she would want me to do that more, but I hated doing it because there was a very rigid way that it was like hey you take each piece of clothing out before you put it in the dryer you shake it out make sure all the wrinkles are out then you can gently put it in the dryer and it was mom that takes so much time and i understand now kind of like we do most things in life there was a reason she did yep. what she did however it caused me not to want to do it and so my point is if you're so rigid in your expectations and control of how you delegate meaning you don't give people ownership you don't allow them to make decisions or Again, as we talked about, tweak the process a little bit in their way. They may not do it exactly the way you do it. Yep. Then you're going to have a hard time delegating because no one's going to be around yep. you. You're not going to have people that want to raise their hand and go, "I'll take that." You know, and you may have to force somebody, and then that's a that's a messy situation too. But if you're too micromanaging and you're too much of a control freak, you're going to start losing the people around you that you can delegate to because no one's going to want to be delegated by a control freak to go, "Well." If, if you know if a trained monkey can do it, like you said, just get them to do it right you know, you're not you're really not wanting me in my my smarts or my vision or my understanding to help you and partner with yeah,
0: you. yeah, and I think one of the biggest things that can be detrimental long term to the team is when you don't push through the delegation and you take it back mm Right? Like, you try to journey and try to delegate, and then it doesn't work out. And then, like, some of the times I've really failed. And, like, there's there's people I still need to call back and apologize. Is I have the initial conversation, and then nothing happens. And I just go, well, I guess they didn't want to do it. I'll do it. Mm. And then all of a sudden, like, they're walking through the building, or they're doing something, and there's this awkwardness of, like, I thought, but you, okay, I guess they don't, you know. And yeah. so, all of a sudden, you have this relational breakdown yeah. that happens because you handed them And now what you've done is you've, you've essentially not in a super negative hurt feelings relational way, but in an awkward way, you've burned that bridge of delegation. Mm -hmm. You've burned that bridge of discipleship and now you've got to go work to get that back. And so in that instance, you going, it's easier for me to do this by myself might be true to the task, but you've relationally created five more conversations, right?
1: And and it's not scalable. That's not a long-term solution yep. because you cannot continue to hang on to everything yourself or you're going to crumble under the weight of every responsibility that you have and no one to help you.
0: Yeah. And so I'm thinking back through times I feel like I have successfully delegated mm-hmm. or at least gotten the ball rolling. Because let me say this. I think with any type of handing off discipleship, whatever it is, it is a continuing process. Because I think the other myth, if you go the other way away from the control issue, is the push-off. Mm. Like, hey, I need you to handle this. All right, you do it. And then really as the leader, you cease to care about it or them, right? So it's like, oh, they've got that. And then you as the the leader, you as the parent, like, you know, uh, I love to go into the kitchen. Where are the cups? Oh, you wanted those washed? (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. right? right. You know, you didn't establish that. So if I'm walking through this in a process and there's something that I go – hey, that's something that's not my skill set. I need to find somebody who's skilled in it and loves it. Mm -hmm. And so I need to hand this off. Mm -hmm. But it's still my responsibility as a leader. Like, I'm the one that answers for it. So I'm going to meet and talk to this person, and they want to do it. Well, then once I know we're ready to move forward, the first thing I want to do is I want to develop a plan together. Mm. And my goal in that is that I know what the boundaries are. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to communicate all of those in one meeting, but I know the box that this needs to kind of fit in. But within those boundaries, I want to journey with this person to develop the plan and then hand off the decision-making within that plan to them. Mm -hmm. So like, I'll know what the crucial elements are. Like we need to hit this, this needs to happen and this needs to happen Mm -hmm. beyond that. If you want to recruit your team and everybody wear purple t-shirts and have their hair dyed blue, fine. Right. No problem. Right. Okay, that's you. If that that get that gives them team spirit, I'm not going to do it. You have at it, right? right? Well, I might have to do it though. Right. Like if you I'm mean. if I'm jumping in with the team, my hair you might be blue, mean. right? And so, I'll normally try to develop a plan and set the boundaries and then release them to go do it. Yeah. Now let's stop for a minute cuz let's talk about the next major miss. Is the other thing that has to happen with healthy delegation, discipleship, teaching, training, handing off, is that there has to be regular and honest feedback Mm. and communication. Because here's the big myth. Is we like to think that when we hear, especially when I hear the word delegation, and mm-hmm. I don't know why, mm-hmm. when I hear that word, I think that I'm going to have two to three meetings and then not have to worry about anything, and it's going to be done the exactly the way I want it to, right. and it's going to be done within the boundaries. Right. That is never the case. Never. never. So what happens is you go on this journey with somebody, mm-hmm. and you continue to check in, and something I have to do, or I'm purposing to do, because as we're talking about this, we're admitting that, that We're not geniuses. We got to work on it too, man. We are great at talking about it on podcasts, Mm -hmm. aren't we? Terrible
1: in the execution,
0: (laughs) great in the communication. Which, by definition, would mean we are incredibly immature (laughs) delegators because we know what to do and have not put those actions in step, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's you. Maybe that's you too. And you got to make the time to put those action steps there. But I have to schedule. Hey, we're going to meet every Tuesday.
1: Yeah.
0: And I have to create the area on the calendar to check in with those areas of delegation. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it becomes a direct scheduling issue. Mm-hmm. It absolutely does.
1: Yeah. I think as you're, as you're explaining and you're talking, a phrase came to mind as, as it, nor- <laughs> as it normally Do it. does is uh delegation is education. Meaning if you think mm-hmm. of education, a teacher student relationship, that's there's continuous education. You're always learning. But it takes both. It takes the teacher, the explanation, the task, and the student to learn and to understand. Also, in education, there's tests, right? That would be the feedback. That would be the understanding, allowing the person to take what you've given them and do what they will with it. And, And that's truly what it is. And I think for me and for you and for many of us, when we think of delegation, you think of this big boss sitting high up on this mountain pointing at people. You, you're doing this. And you, you're doing this. And like... You're just getting your your task handed to you, sent off, and you come back and do it the exact way the big man on the mountain wants you to, and I'm not talking about God in this situation. Uh, <laughs> that sounded terrible. Our passage was uh, Moses. Okay. Uh, but like, you're you're just going off and, and doing the task at hand, but if we switch it to delegation as education, then we understand we have a responsibility as a teacher, the person we're delegating to has the responsibility of a student, and it's a relationship that goes back and forth, and we both have to continually invest in that in order for it to be successful.
0: I love that for memory purposes, but here's a reality of my world and delegation. Normally, who I'm delegating to is smarter than me, within the area sure. I'm delegating to.
1: Maybe you're getting educated.
0: Exactly, because yeah. I, I do think that's it. I think it's you can, it's, be, you can I, become the student. I think it's a mutual education because a lot of times, like. If you're handing off training, discipleship, or let's let's look at it from the the corporate kind of standpoint, mm-hmm. if we as a team are striving to be the best that we can, which within God's design for any community or whatever means that people's strengths, okay, the eyes and eye, the foots a foot, the foot mm-hmm. like they're each handling their areas yeah. they were created to, then naturally, naturally, if you are handing off, that person is going to be more gifted and skilled in that area than you are. Mm-hmm. You might have the overall picture. You might see how things connect, but you really, and this was, this was something I feel like historically when mm. I was, okay, so, 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 so watch this. I'm going to say this and then, right. then we're going to create another podcast. Out. Okay. Um, historically areas that I have delegated. Well, when I'm having a feedback and com- communication meeting with them a year or two later, we will encounter a point of tension if I've delegated well because that person has become so passionate and connected to their area that if a change needs to be made for the overall body yeah it's abrasive to them mm. because their heart is poured out into the group of people that they're yeah. delegating yeah. ministry yeah. to yeah. and so I can remember this is this is way back in the day when I had a group of youth workers and I delegated out individual class responsibilities and the ownership and the vision was like hey you're the youth pastor to these students. And then I would come in and I would have to make a global decision, like a schedule change, yeah. that would interrupt their individual class because I needed to make a shift for the health of everybody. Right. We would sit down and it wouldn't be an ugly conversation, but there would be a tension sure. because they knew their class and what their class they had needed. Ownership. Yep. They had ownership. And I would have to, on occasion, go, okay, you're right. Let me make an exception. And then there would be occasions where I know this is it, but I need you to take the hit on this one because 6 months from now here's going to be the result.
1: Yeah. I, I want to say cuz you you mentioned that oftentimes you delegate to people that are smarter than you and I, Always I and I think everybody is smarter than me. And I <laughs> that's probably true. Uh no, just kidding. Uh, I, I don't think everybody does that. And I think that's and, and even looking at my own life I think that's what makes delegation hard going back to what we talked about last week and, and, and pride yeah. is why would I want to hand something off to somebody who can do it better than me? You know what I mean? And I, and I think that there've been instances in my life where I've been afraid to hand off and, and link arms with someone because what if they outshine what I'm, what I'm doing? Of course, I'm not going to delegate that. I'm just going to keep this to myself and do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and I think that may be a stumbling block to us being able to delegate as, is we are in a prideful stance versus a, um. So, so many years ago, I was going through a leadership class, and we had to do these teachable points of view or axioms, kind of just like little quippy phrases that that, that kind of define who we are, and and our leadership style. And this is one that I I struggle with, and and this is one that has also been super impactful for me that that the Lord kind of gave me was better is not a threat. Meaning, if someone mm. is going to be better at something, I don't need to see that as a threat. I need to switch my view of thinking and going, I need to link arms with that person. And together we can accomplish so much more for the kingdom. You know, we, we can go further than letting this person trying to figure it out and me figure it out. Um, we, need to, we need to link arms and we need to serve together. And so go, going back to your, that just really struck me to go, I always delegate to someone who's better than me. That makes total sense. And I think that's really super smart to do that. But I think sometimes we don't have that luxury. So sometimes we can delegate up, meaning we can delegate to someone who's better. And then sometimes we delegate out to it's, it's that teachable. I've got to teach someone and bring them along and they're going to journey with me. Both of those are, are journeys. Both of those are education. So maybe we could switch it from delegation is education to delegation is cooperation. Yeah. And that it, it's, it still takes both parties working together to be successful. Because
0: I do think there is, a, there is a big part. So I'll, I'll take this back. I'm going to rephrase it. Okay. I think we're always delegating to somebody who is more gifted in that area than us. Or we're delegating to somebody who is going to be more gifted in that area Mm. than us. Meaning, you're going to do the work for the next few years bringing them along because their ceiling is way more higher than yours Mm. for that area. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of it. And you were saying something. And so a real-life story came to mind. So... I can't remember what I was working on. I was in my garage. I was building. This was not like a household project, all right? So I'm being the man of the house, and I'm trying to build something. I think think it was a pedal board. I think that's what I was working on. So I was trying to get this mechanism so it would be really cool, blah, blah. Well, anyway, I'm sitting there, and for whatever reason, like I can't figure out how this thing's not working. And my son is inside, and he's 12, okay? He's bright. He is... Has a very good creative problem solving mm-hmm. ability. And so I said, I was and I was getting frustrated. Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is simple. Like, why is my brain not clicking? And I go inside, I said, Jack, come here, it's my son's name. Um, and I said, I need you to help me figure out something. And part of me was like, I was a little egotistical, going like, I'm just you know, making him feel apart. Da, da, da. And I'm like, This is what I'm trying to do. What do you think? And he goes, Well, why don't you just do this? And I look at it, and it was such a simple solution. Go inside, son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but in that moment, he was more gifted to be able to walk out yeah. there, yeah. less blind, to go get, yeah. look at it and see. He's like, well, why don't you just cut those boards a little bit longer so it sits on top instead of trying to figure out how to put the supports and da 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 And I'm like, ding! Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's one of those, like, a pride-swallowing moment. Yeah. But it was also a great moment because I'm sitting there going like, I got to encourage him and thank him, and I and and there's and you know this there's there's the dad pride issue, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can figure it out. I'm still the man mm-hmm. of the house, and mm-hmm. he needs to know that. Yeah. But in that moment, he's like,
1: "Solve my problem," and yeah. I did it in five more minutes. That's we exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, it's a, <laughs> yeah, and I think and I, but I but to go back to your point, I think that was a light bulb moment for me to go. I think a lot of people in the times of my life, me included, we don't delegate which we talked about this last week, going back to our pride, and it's and it's not a i can I can just handle it myself pride yep. it's a I don't want anyone to do it better than me pride, you know it's yep. it's there's man. pride ruins everything it really it really gets in the way it's either pride or fear, yeah, you know there was a
0: next podcast I'm gonna go ahead and say this <laughs> no, it's not gonna be a podcast, but seminary there was a one week long conversation on what the root sin was, mm and one of the options was pride, like that was that's the root sin behind all other sin. Mm. It's very interesting. Might be another podcast. Well, anyway, we appreciate y'all listening and tuning yep. in. Uh, we hope that this was helpful. We hope that this just helped give you a little bit of clarity. Um, we hope that it, it pushed you and made you think, hey, maybe I need to pray through some areas that I need to delegate, that I need to see where I can disciple and grow and help train people um, to grow closer to God. If you have any questions, once again, reach out to us. Justin at richfork.com, Matt at richfork.com. We thank you for listening and have a good week.